0: welcome everybody to a new episode a new year of moscow mules and slides. i'm one of your co-hosts kyle kyle's still here it's been a while hi kyle i'm david david great to see (laughs) you again and our special guest of the week for the first podcast of 2022 anna how you doing anna
1: hi kyle i'm doing well how are you
0: uh, well, given our technical difficulties before we go on air, I'm fine. Usually, I'm r- raging right now, so I don't know. Maybe my I've been taking enough vitamin D or something to keep my rage down, or something.
1: Yeah, I was wondering if you. I was kind of a. I was kind of setting you up there. I was interested if you were going to be be real up front about the technical issues. So respect.
2: I, I I'm
0: very real about how much I love Zoom.
2: It's either mic issues or you know someone's attacking a router there's it's it's never it's never smooth
0: no it's never it's it's smooth enough for a bunch of uh two jokers that invite cool people on to have a conversation with thank, thank
2: goodness for the cool people <laughs> that's right
0: uh i think we're I, I forget where we are i should have looked beforehand but we're in the 40s now approaching 50 this might be 50 i don't have to look
2: it's been so long we might be about 100 no
0: i don't think it's 100
2: <laughs> it's at least 100
0: but i mean like the set the perspective is like we killed it in twenty. 20- 20 Wait, we did a lot that year a podcast and then in 2021 we off. Um, i think this year we'll go shoot for like six to eight i'm really pedantic about the podcast and how it sounds and things like that so and it's a lot of getting people scheduled in different time zones and getting all the cool people on we want so I, we appreciate all the listeners listeners li, listeners out there i can't even talk
2: <laughs>
0: so if you're joining us for anna's podcasts we are just a bunch of uh we talk some cybersecurity. we talk over drinks those drinks could be alcoholic beverages we've had people that drink water we have people that don't drink and we just talk around other things so it's a we started out as a drinking podcast but it's more like just conversations with cool people in the field uh a lot of times some of us are drinking and we usually talk about some glasses but as the guests of the week and what are you sipping on this fine, fine evening?
1: Yeah. So I had kind of an interesting thing happen to me during the pandemic. Pre-pandemic, I was like very much I would drink, you know, whatever was in front of me, essentially, uh, especially if it was white wine. And then once the pandemic started happening, um, and it was only like you to pick it out online, I just started only drinking Sauvignon Blancs. So for like from New Zealand, like specifically from New Zealand. So for like a year and a half, it was really all I drank. And then I was in a situation where they gave me a glass of, they were just like, do you want red or white? And I was like, white. And I took a sip of it and was like, ha! Ah. Like, it was just like so different than what I was used to. Uh, so true to form, I will be sipping on the Wild Song Sauvignon Blanc from Hawke's Bay in 2020. Oh. Um, and I will be enjoying it from my wine glass that has a tiny shark floating in it. But it's also made of glass. What?
0: Inside of it? Is it yeah. insi- Oh, that's sweet. Someone
2: did Unless like I shark. See, it's like floating inside. Blown glass shark artwork inside. Like it's like connected to the stem.
1: Yeah. Somehow. I bring I gotta bring it out for special occasions. I figured it would be appreciated here.
2: We uh, we
0: greatly appreciate
2: the glassware. Sorry you're wasting your special occasion on us. <laughs> what uh what why why New Zealand wines? Like what what happened there?
1: Yeah, so the grapes in New Zealand just produce a different flavor. I actually went wine tasting in California this fall because they also produce Sauvignon Blancs in California, um, and was my suspicions were confirmed. I guess the New Zealand this is I am not a sommelier, so like I'm sure someone's gonna come for me on Twitter, but uh, I find the New Zealand wines to be more sparkling, more refreshing, and have a stronger citrus profile.
0: And Sauvignon Blancs, correct me, they're drier, right? Or no? Is it like more yeah. of a dry, light? I don't know. Yes. I always thought it was weird. Like, you know, yeah, does it chap your tongue?
1: It, it's passion fruit, guava, and lime aromas.
0: Oh, sign me up. Those are my, <laughs> those are my two of my fru- three favorite
2: fruits. Sign me up. <laughs> sign me up. The, the whole white wine seems like it's, it's tough for me to get into as, as I don't know. I like, I like dry red wines. I, I don't know. Uh, I, I can't, I, the last time I think I may have had a New Zealand one, it might've been in a yellow tail and that's not like, you know, on purpose or anything that was just, <laughs> oh no, that's Australian, isn't it? I'll see myself out. So. It's been a while since I've been in here. I'll, I'm I'll just be over here.
0: so so as uh you pour yourself a glass there david you want to uh kick on keep going on the uh, round robin here
2: i guess i was gonna do some research to see where where yellowtail wine was made but I'm, i'm definitely starting to feel like it's australia um man i stopped drinking for a while and that's you know it was kind of like an accident you know uh holidays roll around and you just start eating baked goods and Bad food and keep drinking because that's what else you do you do? Just holidays, everyone's miserable together, so you just start drinking together. So uh, I basically stopped drinking for a while, and I've had a lot of beer in my fridge. I still have a lot of beer in my fridge, uh, in my cellar, but I've had this one for a while. It's supposed to be like a a red slush, I think, or like a cherry slushy. It's called uh, the Red Martian from Platform out in I want to say Cleveland or Columbus or somewhere in Ohio. Uh, it's it's a sour ale. <laughs> and they put sour ale with natural flavors i don't know what a natural flavor is
1: well whatever it was it was definitely amplified by being in your fridge for over a month oh
2: it's probably oh it's been oh longer than that i think this guy's been hiding in the back for for a while here we go canned oh boy canned on 3 15 2021 i have a ale here folks nearly a year old so
0: i've had that before i'm interested to hear what you think
2: have you had it Yeah, and I got a glassy. I got the uh, uh, permanent hangover Christmas glassy. Oh, Uh, Santa Claus on there, and on the back it says, "Dear kids, uh, f the cookies and milk. Please leave beers and funyuns from now on." You're a boy, Clausy. P.S. I left a lump of coal in your toilet. LMAO. (laughs) That's that's how they roll. Permanent hangover. Look at this; it's pink. Yeah,
0: got a pink drink. So how? So how's that wine, Anna?
1: I actually haven't taken a sip yet. I've been too, too enthralled with this. <laughs> I
2: want
0: to see the shark.
1: Chemistry project. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Oh, chemistry project. Yeah. What, uh, it's so how cool. How do you clean that?
1: Carefully. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I only busted out for special occasions. Uh, yeah. It's a, it's a process. You got to go in there and be real gentle with it. And of course I am forever afraid I will break it, but so far so good. And I did confirm yellowtail is australian wine
2: yeah see i knew i messed that up as soon as as soon as i said it (laughs) think of a stupid kangaroo not stupid kangaroo it's a kangaroo He's, he's a nice kangaroo probably on the bottle there's no way they have kangaroos in new zealand do they you're asking your, me to do another Google search? No, no, no. You have to let's, we can do, listen, this is how people <laughs> we can live debate before. it. I'm going to say, you no. invite me
1: on your podcast and make me Google. <laughs>
2: no, no, no. Don't Google anything because people before podcasts and in the internet, they used to talk about these sort of things. Like, did, uh, I don't think so. I'm going to say, <laughs> did they, they have Tasmanian devils?
1: There are no kangaroos that are native in New Zealand and the only ones to be found are in zoos and animal enclosures.
2: So it's not that way. However, now I'll, now I'll know it.
1: However, a wallaby is a member of the kangaroo clan, primarily found in Australia and on nearby islands like New Zealand.
2: Is hmm. a, how's a wallaby different than a kangaroo? Does one have a, a pouch? And oh man, kangaroos can fight. Have you ever seen the kangaroos that punch people videos? Yeah, okay. I think I think wallabies are just
0: a smaller version. Obviously, if they're in the same uh, what is it? G- genius of you know, the animal kingdom. It's just uh, says
1: clan, which.
0: Is that what a, a kangaroo group, clan? A good a group of uh, kangaroos is called a clan because I just learned something,
2: yeah. The, I guess so. It's called the Ru Tang Clan. Oh. No. <laughs>
1: oh,
2: that was actually really good! Yeah. yeah, thank you. That was Kyle. Fun. I'm gonna throw it over to you now that we're really rolling. Yeah, so uh,
0: I went to this place, we went to this place in uh 2021, we went down to Asheville, North Carolina, I went to Burial and a few other places down there. But I, I recently saw that Burial was shipping. And I was like, whoa, you can ship your pants. You obviously can ship some beer. And uh, I got a, a haul of beer, and it showed up today. And I was like, yes. But then my buddy gave me a can of 450 North, yep. which is like this, like, super sawed off beer that's going on. Like, It's like $30 a four-pack. Of, uh, but he gave me one, but I was like, No, I gotta I'm not ready for that. Like, I gotta put that in the fridge and let that you know ferment a little bit. So I got a burial, right? I got the above the threshold of hell. They do some really crazy artwork on their cans. Like, I think this is a heart. I don't
2: oh, know just, what it is. It has just some in weird... time for Valentine's Day. That's it. It does a have a flower heart. on it,
0: and just in time for Valentine's Day. I've officially got my first glassy, not in the secondary market. You pulled a glassy. I got, yeah, I got the Valentine's Day glassy. So this is the weird face they put on it. This is glassy. (laughs) He's this weird looking face. And they always do like the face. And then on the back, there's a quote. So this one says, and it's written like a, like a, I would assume like a, a third grader doesn't know how to write yet written. So it says, roses are red, violets are blue. I only want to get shit faced with you. (laughs) And typically it's like your boy glassy, but it's your, your, and boys uh, crossed out your Valentine glassy oh so, that's cute super pumped about it i also got the santa claus glassy on the secondary market yeah, along I, with uh shipwreck glassy
2: i wish i missed that one but i i wish i would have known you were i don't know well
0: i've been trying to get they, they sell out like in two minutes and they don't do shopping yeah, cart they don't do shopping cart protection so if you're checking out in paypal eight, apple pay is taking too long
2: you Shipping, uh, cart protection must be expensive because no one does it no one does it, but like... You could master. also build a
0: bot for the one they're using and I just choose not to, but... You could build a bot. Wow, I
1: had no idea that this, there was this aggressive of a
2: market for oh glasses. Yeah, glasses do, ridiculous. Places like that will do like, like four dozen glasses and then leave a little bit extra for uh, like breakage during shipping or, or something, but they'll sell out like immediately.
0: And then that's so, it. Like that's they'll it. never sell that glass again, that style. So everybody's like... Oh my God. And then you end up with your cabinets in the basement filled up with glassware of all different sorts from all different types. And then you're like, I need to stop collecting glasses because I have no room to put them.
1: So I'm wondering how big the middle of the Venn diagram is between people who are really into collecting glasses and people who are really into collecting sneakers.
0: There is a group on Facebook that of glasses and sneaker
2: collectors. So, So, Sneaker whales. I also like think it's a. Right. I,
0: I think you also have to be that type of person that likes to collect things, and unfortunately, I'm that type of person that likes to collect things. I collect shoes. I collect glasses. I'm on this like Lego kick right now. All oh.
2: Legos. Dude, we got boxes of Legos at my house. You all well, to just show up and just start building them.
0: I have like six pairs of sunglasses. That's obnoxiously too many mm-hmm. pairs of sunglasses. Something that you need. So, are you the
1: beanie babies, Kyle? <laughs> <laughs>
0: I was into baseball cards and all that back in the day, but no, I did think like at one point in time it'd be cool to have some Beanie Babies and flip them. And then obviously, look what happens. You become those people that have a bunch of Beanie Babies that now are worth nothing.
2: That's what's going to happen with uh, NFTs. I'm 100% sure of it. It's just going to be.
0: I don't know. If you like, so for some reason, I could keep getting kicked out of Twitter and then we'll get on to the real podcast. But every time I log in, they tell me about some NFT thing they're doing. I'm like, stop telling me about it. I don't care. Like, I'll right click and download. You probably care. Yeah.
1: I mean, you yeah. have to care. The algorithm is telling you that you inherently do care. I wonder what, what part of brain that that caring moves in. Do you want to buy an NFT, Kyle, secretly deep down? I buy
2: an NFT of my chickens and ducks? You need an NFT of sneakers.
1: No, the chickens and ducks wearing sneakers. Oh, I think see. this is a winner.
0: See? Ooh. I, oh, we, I I jokingly thought about it, but I mean, I feel like the market is going to blow up and everybody's be like, see, sure got into it like Bitcoin. But anyways... He's down that rabbit hole. So, Anna, tell us a little about yourself. How did you get into the field of cybersecurity slash threat intelligence slash?
2: Wait a minute. What do you do? Who are you?
1: (laughs) My name is Anna Skelton, also sometimes known as Skelly in certain circles. And I am an Intel analyst at Dragos, where I work with our buddy Kyle. Woo, woo. So, yeah, I have kind of an interesting. Such a very boring backstory. Um, I kind of always knew that I wanted to do Intel. So I keep this on my desk so I can pull it out. But I don't know if you remember the movie Secret Agent Cody Banks.
0: Nice classic. So I watched
1: this when I was like seven and was like, all right, that's it. I'm done. Like, that's what I'm going to do when I grow up. So I did kind of luck it out because my cousin also studied intelligence and went a completely different route than I did. Um, but I, so I knew where I wanted to go to school. Um, so I went to school, got my degree in intelligence and I was doing a co-op with GoDaddy and I, you know, people say this a lot, but I just genuinely didn't have no interest in computers whatsoever. Like I just thought I had to take one cyber course for my degree. And I was so lost that I would just Google, uh, like Google image search animals wearing clothing. So yeah, (laughs) so I'd be sitting there for like, you know, hours at a time like snakes wearing hats ducks wearing dresses like turtles dresses hamburgers you can google any of these by the way they're still very active did um, you
2: ever find turtles in turtlenecks
1: no but i found chickens in turtlenecks Ooh. there's also some shetland ponies that wear giant sweaters very cute <laughs> <laughs> so i did um i did an internship with GoDaddy while i was in school and i was sitting in the sock and at one point they were like okay well we're going to send some people to defcon does anyone want to go and nobody like nobody raised their hand and so i kind of like waited waited and waited and eventually i was like well i know i'm like the physical security intern but like can i go and they were like i mean i guess so me and another intern drove up to las vegas um we had to have like a friend of a friend of a friend check us into our hotel room because we were too young. You have to be 21 to go a hotel room And I remember, I have a very clear memory of like sitting in one of the big conference in Caesar Palace and just being like, hey, I have no idea what is going on here, but I would like to find out. Uh-huh. Um, and hence the switch. So yes, yeah, so I did, um, done a couple different roles in infosec, but obviously my heart has always been with intelligence so it's always kind of been with the with the goal in mind of getting back to doing intel um and so that's that's it that's how it happened
2: what what's so i don't know not not being in like i guess intel proper it's like what what is intel right now in 2021 like what kind of skills do you need like what are you focused on, on your job or at your job? I know Dragos is a little bit more, uh, specialized as far as like what their target space is, but what, what, what kind of things do you need to do day to day? Yeah.
1: So one of the reasons that I always knew I wanted to work in Intel is I, I think that you can certainly learn how to do intelligence, but there's also some part of it that, that kind of just comes with the way that your brain works. So for me, Doing intelligence is like solving a puzzle. So you get a little puzzle piece of, um, and sometimes it's like one of those kids' puzzles where there's like six pieces and you're like, good. And then there's some that are like, you know, the thousand piece puzzles that are all white and you're like, okay, well, we'll talk about this in 10 years. Um, so it's just you visualizing and putting together both historical context of what's happened in the past, known capabilities of what can happen in the future, and then the current situation and just trying to slot those all in together. Um, and use critical thinking and structured analytical techniques if you want to get if you really want to get into it, um, yeah to, to come up with conclusions and you know the, the dumb way to put it is just try to predict the future.
0: How do, how do you know when you're done assessing a puzzle?
1: That's a good question, Kyle. I guess it's kind of inherent. like it's it's the same as when you finish putting a physical puzzle piece in just like okay so like i've never like with if we think about the trains thing for example i did some research on trains i just got to a point where it was like okay there's this is it like this it's not worth pursuing any further so i know some people struggle with knowing when to stop but i i guess i'm grateful that hasn't been an issue for me
2: that's a that's a good point when you say about puzzles uh i i feel i feel like i can definitely relate to that because that's what i've felt like in reverse engineering sometimes where it's just like i have this thing and i have no idea like i i know kind of what like the end's gonna look like and even even saying like there's no end to it until like you just you just know or you just inherently know when you're done but like looking at the challenges like from a puzzle is a complete awesome like perfect uh, analogy for it, at least what i do and clearly for what you do too it's like I I don't know like the there are different levels of puzzles too and I'm terrible at puzzles but like I can I can look and sit and be focused on on one particular thing for a long time also and just kind of recognize that it's it's you know you're you're building on something and it might take oh gosh forever but it you know maybe it won't
0: I I mean I I think that that's still like the hard question because like you're just like we just you just know it sounds like that parent thing it's like but why yeah because I said so right you're like but like I guess it's, I mean, I, I think I feel the same way. You just know, but like going into it, you don't know when you're going to be done, right? Uh-uh. You, just, you just like, well, I just know why I am done, right? I mean, like just like your train example, Anna. like, you're like, I just knew I got to a point. I knew I was done. I'm like, how? my father would be like, well, how did you know that you knew you were going to know that you were done?
1: <laughs> I guess the to put it in the words of the great Greg Pullman, the juice was no longer worth the squeeze.
0: That's, that's that's and or like i always like the uh perfect perfect enemy of good right you're like this is good
2: like yeah you also get those questions like hey how's it going like i don't know what's going how much uh how much longer you think you're gonna be like i don't know A week two weeks could be could be three weeks i don't know i don't i don't know like how long do you need me to take like when how about you tell me when you want this thing and then we'll go from there <laughs>
1: story of my life right now. I'm writing a paper that I've been writing. I feel like I've been writing it forever, but I, I keep assigning myself due dates for it. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to get it done by this date. And then I just get like it just doesn't happen that way. And I'm usually a very deadline oriented person, but it's been, Ooh. it's been a journey.
2: As a procrastinator, you're just like, you're right there. I'm I'm there. I'm there too. Like, yeah, just uh, I'll get done. I don't know. Sometime. Don't worry about it.
1: I have friends. Like I have a friend at Dragos who I'll be like, I need you to give me a deadline. Like just make something up. <laughs>
0: like <laughs> i'm not that friend yeah it's not kyle <laughs> kyle would he i feel like Kyle's be very lenient he'd just be like yeah i don't know just, i get myself uh, deadlines with things because i as like everybody else i know if i don't i won't get it done and even then like anna was saying like sometimes you're like ah oh, i can push it a little bit you know what i mean yeah you can you can
1: I mean, I've now pushed my deadline from November 30th to indefinite. So that's
2: a hell of a push. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, yeah. I guess
1: when you see, that's what happens when you pick your own deadlines.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, so you said also, I'm sorry. There's like responsibility. Like I don't know. Like you, there's there's organizational trust that like, yeah, she's got it. Like don't don't worry. We.
1: Well, that's actually what I was told. They were like, "Who? How did this come up? Who assigned it to you?" And I was like, "I just thought." it would be helpful and they were like so you you thought it would be helpful and now you're upset with yourself for not making a deadline didn't exist <laughs> and I was like I, see. I was like I see what you're doing there and I see how that makes sense and so I'm just going to come back to writing now
2: yeah
0: so you said you know uh, you, you want to get back to the true intelligence someday like so like what do you, what do you want to be when you grow up like what's like
1: I mean not necessarily I got I had some that. I always thought I was going to do state department intel. Like that was like, and then I had like many people and unlike many people, just a really bad experience with the state department. Um, And I just decided I wasn't really interested in doing government work. Um, And I've kind of stuck with that. I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to do traditional intel forever or at any point in my future right now, I'm more focused on just trying to get a good experience the problem set of as many different sectors as I can. So, you know, I did the financial sector problem set, I'm now working ICS problem set, and then, you know, after this, I don't know, the big tech problem set is left, there's a couple others. So, just really understanding how intelligence varies in different, across different disciplines.
0: We're, uh... If someone's new starting at Drago's, you'll like to have conversations with Mike, Michael's counterpart, Elizabeth, that's coming on board. You'd have some conversations with her. She'll I'm sure talk. I
1: will. She, I mean, some, Michael like, cool ended up insights. being one of my like, closest friends. So hams are great.
0: <laughs> Jeez, thanks. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I can have more than one close friend. That's true. That's true. I'll, I'll let it slide. I like
0: Michael too. <laughs>
2: what's, what's the most challenging sector you've come across uh, as far as being an Intel analyst?
1: Uh, I mean ICS is is really interesting and it's it's a completely different mindset that you have to use when you're approaching the problems and the questions. Um, especially, you know, with our joint hunter analytical function, um it it's it's interesting and it's challenging. I mean, operational technology presents a whole different set of questions than information technology. And to be honest, like it's generally, you know, information technology, CyberScoop and Security Weekly and whatever, like exist for reasons, You'd that like there's always stuff happening. Whereas if you were going to have a website that only reported on like known OT compromises, it'd be probably a pretty slow website. So you're having to think about, well, if I was an adversary, how would I potentially get into an OT environment? Where could I go to potentially cause damage? How could I make these pivots off of these pieces of technology that are specifically architected to stay separate from each other? Um, so it's been definitely a learning curve, but it's really fun getting to work with all the different sectors. So I did I've worked on rail stuff, manufacturing stuff, um, electric stuff, oil and gas stuff, pharmaceutical stuff, and now I'm doing working on a project with industrial gases. Um, which is super interesting because like it kind of covers over everything.
2: Yeah. When when you're when you're going through your process of like trying to like start like you're you're just beginning like is is considering attacker mindset always like part of the process that you go through because like, you you'd mentioned that real briefly like this part of like well you have to you know piece a bunch of the pieces together and you'd mentioned quickly uh, thinking like an attacker like is it is it have, have you ever I mean, I have so many questions coming off of this. Have you ever been able to like pick apart uh the mind of an attacker? Like, do you do you know people that have worked that side of the fence? Like, how do you how do you even like wrap around your wrap your head around like being a a a person thinking for somebody else? I guess is the question.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. I think you can't. <laughs> Um, I mean, for I was a China analyst for a couple of years. Um, and so I was, you know, I, I speak Mandarin. I was, you know, really trying to learn, you know, culturally what makes working in China and prioritizing in China different, reading all sorts of different documentation that was coming out of China. Um, and I still, you know, even at the end of that time, didn't feel like I had full confidence that I could um, I could emulate the mind of, of, a, you know, adversary coming out of China. It's just, you know, it's just a completely different mindset and cultural mindset um, that plays into it. But I think you can use current, like I said earlier, the kind of the equation of of historical context and um, and what is currently happening and kind of try to figure out, okay, where, like my approach is generally to start with, where, where are the biggest dependencies? Like where are the things that if it were targeted, it could or would fail? And then writing, going into that and writing about that so people can be aware of that and then, you know, try to protect those dependencies more. So, I mean, you know, the adversaries we see targeting OT are certainly different in some aspects than adversaries targeting IT. And I think it's going to take me a long time, honestly, to even feel like I have a semblance of an idea of like how they, how they're thinking. It's just, you know, a lot of intelligence is educated guesswork
0: always guessing <laughs> <laughs> sure. the amount of rabbit holes i go down now are like why did i even start that that's it's gonna drive me insane yeah i do not
1: envy you kyle i do not envy you
0: i mean we're, we're similar like our, our 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 thought processes i think are similar <laughs> when you really break it down i don't see a difference between a hunter and an analyst like i wake up every day i'm like i don't need an, like does the title doesn't matter i think our our, our goals are the same and we just use f- different tools to get to our goals
1: okay.
0: i mean it doesn't to me like we're all equals trying to do the same thing and same thing at an organization where you have different roles to do different things but like you still have a set of people on like tar- like focusing on russian sets and the, there's analysts and there's you know, operators and all the same things that everybody has everywhere. It's just like you just have the same goal. And I I just always obviously we're the same thing because I can learn just as much from anybody else that hopefully they can learn from me.
2: It's it, it's, it's tough, like like sitting and thinking. I don't know. I know like, thinking's like, hard. you oh my gosh, reading's harder. I think what I'm what, what learning, <laughs> reading yet? I'm so bad at it. He's Everyone actually the that. one who writes the saying from the back of those glasses. Yeah, you
0: should oh it spelled it. It's probably even better. He sends. He goes. Did you cancel the podcast? I go. No, I didn't cancel the podcast. He goes like, and he screenshots me an email that says looks like says the podcast is canceled. I was like, no, it's not.
2: I got a cancellation. He's like, can you send podcast? me a new nice. invite?
0: And I go, no, create your own.
2: <laughs> I told you, adult, adult in age only. I don't know how to do stuff i try though I made it this far in life sometimes I'm not hey lie. 30 i'm 38 years in man i'm, I'm i got more to go just, just help me along when i need it that's all i ask
1: <laughs> have you are you guys familiar with the internet cat i don't know why you would be you have like you know like other people in your lives but are you aware of the internet cats Gene and jorts <laughs> <laughs>
2: can we go back to this real fast like, like why why were you looking up animals in clothes were you bored or you yeah, just like so yeah. hard. and i
1: was so lost and nothing was explained to me like oh, there was no okay. opportunity to ask questions like okay i don't understand this i don't have a basic foundational knowledge can you try it again gotcha that?
2: okay because that's where that's was this like course at every
1: riddle every riddle aeronautical mm-hmm. university
2: Ooh. Ooh. nerd sounds,
1: school sounds okay. that
2: is sounds just... fancy that is, I think that's in like West Virginia or Maryland, like right on that no. real weird river there.
1: No, not even close, man. There's uh. one
2: in there's one in, <laughs> in Aus- Australia, probably. <laughs> that's a kangaroo like, as a mascot. Why did, you, why did
0: you pick like Maryland? are think thinking like William and Mary. Like I don't know. Is there, I don't I don't know. <laughs> It's like it's in know. West Virginia along the panhandle, isn't it? Isn't it
1: like, in panhandle? It's really
0: specific.
2: That Am- you would- <laughs>
1: along the banks of that weird river. Like, wow.
2: Holy shit, it's in Florida.
1: Yeah, there's one in Florida <laughs> I and there's went one class. in Arizona. And I went to the one in Arizona because...
2: I could have swore there was one in Maryland. It's, I mean,
1: there's
2: you- a... You're, oh, making- why? you're just making things up now.
0: Oh, it's too It's like, like it's along the banks, that one river. Like- <laughs>
2: Potomac. You
0: were so confident in that statement. <laughs> Potomac. <laughs> I knew Ow. someone for the for the record. I knew someone from Ohio. Uh, I'm on line. Throw my home state underneath it. They used to call the Pot- Potomac the Potomac, and I was like, we're like, excuse me, what? The Potomac River, uh, you know, outside of Maryland. We're like, what? What? Wait, what river?
2: Yeah, <laughs> the Potomac.
0: The- oh, good times. Dude, I- <sighs>
2: Sorry, what
0: are you googling now? Uh,
2: I'm I'm trying to find out how many Embry Riddle <laughs> universities there are. <laughs> there. two. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the University of Phoenix Online Arizona campus. I don't know.
1: There is there is an online thing, so it's a really popular school for people who are either wanting to go into the military or coming out of the military. Um,
2: oh, I thought it was for people wanted to fly airplanes.
1: No. Or I mean airplanes get some, but like you, you, if you want to be like an Air Force pilot, for example, and you go to Embry-Riddle and they train you how to be an air, an airline pilot, and then you go into the Air Force because you're in ROTC or whatever, um, they won't accept your training. You have to be completely trained. So it's kind of an ineffective way that if you want to pursue like that specific group, but it does have, it had like huge, huge, huge ROTC population, um, and huge that population as well.
2: Did you ever consider doing that when you were finding penguins and jorts? Were you ever like, I should just quit this thing and just not even like Intel. Were you ever just like, I am I, I don't think I'm doing the right thing. I just, I need to go I need to go find myself. And this isn't it. Like, not, not, not the computer. The computer's not the thing. Google's not the thing. Mm-hmm. I'm done. I'm out. Did you ever just want to no. like, do something else? I've always wanted
1: to do this. Like, no joke. No, it's good. Yeah. It's a weird thing. I mean, I'm, I'm definitely the outlier in that, but um CJ agent
0: Cody Banks online. No, see. I don't think awesome. you're an outlier when it comes down to uh-uh. it. Like I think there's a lot of people that like like I'm gonna do this, and that's what they pursue out. Like I knew I wanted to work for a three-letter agency back when I was like 18. Yeah, I think I probably I saw uh what's the Will Smith movie with you know about an Independence sp- Day. No. <laughs>
2: wild, wild west.
0: Yes, that one. <laughs> yeah. But like, that's, you know, I mean, I think a lot of people have that sort of similar path, but interesting. I that.
2: yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I did the same thing where it was just like, I'm, I know what I want to do, but I don't know exactly what it is. And then it just kind of comes to you at some point.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm, you know, I definitely thought I was going to do more traditional intelligence. So my big switch up, I guess, was ending up, you know, just click clacking around every day.
0: Do you remember the talk you saw at Def Con that you were like, "Huh"?
1: It, no, I mean, really, what the I, topic
0: I, it was about? At the something?
1: very beginning, actually, I do. It was about um, it was not the Chris guy, but it was somebody talking about um, hacking, like small Cessnas and huh. air traffic stuff. Um, and so yeah, and, and obviously that was highly applicable to me because, like, I knew all these pilots, and you know, would go up in these planes, the pilots would. Um, they'd have, you know be, they'd have to pay for flight hours anyway and so it didn't it wasn't expensive to bring me along so I got to go up and fly so I definitely had a vested interest
0: was that the talk that I'm trying to remember cause I remember I've seen something that like whoever was let prepared,
1: me google that for you Kyle. <laughs>
0: No, well, no, let's play let's play no Google involved. Wasn't it about like someone did something where they plotted out all the FBI planes that were flying over like yeah. certain cities? And like I think that's plotted. what it was. Okay. It was really cool. They did Baltimore. I know they did like and they were yeah, able they
2: did that to like, Baltimore one during the the
0: riots in there. Yeah. Yeah. There was stuff that going on, like they were able to determine because the tail wing and then using the free frequencies that come over and, and plotting mm-hmm. that out and then using Google Maps to plot that I was like. That's hey that's push. weird an
2: airplane that's just driving in circles over top of the group of people that are running around or out in the streets well mm. i mean that's
0: like down this way in the pittsburgh area every now and then you'll see like you know this the c-130s or c-17s fly over like doing touchdowns and like out the airport mm-hmm. Or like every now and then you see like three you know blackhawks going like chopping by
1: so- i knew we're-
0: <laughs> that, was my, that was my helicopter. Um,
1: I so I grew up at high elevation in in kind of around the vale area. Um and the British Air Force used to train at our small regional airport because the conditions were really similar to Afghanistan. Um so still to this day I'll be up there and you'll just see these like huge aircraft carriers. Like we have this jumbo runway because it has to support all this stuff. And so you'll be like just chilling and all of a sudden you hear it coming it's so loud and you're like oh my god here they come again right over the house like you know like less than a thousand feet above you these giant planes coming in to do touching it yeah it's interesting
0: i
2: I love watching those
0: yeah i I think air shows are some of the coolest i I was down in uh, snowshoe west virginia which is like in this blackout zone even down like just outside dc four hours pittsburgh about three and a half but we were out in there for a summer for a wedding like in august and all of a sudden you just hear like these two jets like in a distance and they literally like fly over like straight like top gun style like turn upside down and like peel over the crowd like over like the top of the mountain mountain in quotes right (laughs) but uh i was like oh so cool and this was like I was like 35. I was like, this is still, so cool.
1: Yeah. I mean, that was one fun thing about Riddle. Like the, all the, they would try to get people to join the Marines or whatever by bringing in their coolest aircraft and just like parking it in the school airplane parking lot and being like, it's there. You want to come see it? And it was pretty successful. There were a lot of kids who were like, oh my God, I just went and saw like whatever helicopter that they're never actually realistically going to fly. Like, you know, I'm going to join the Marines. And it's like, okay, bud. Like... <laughs>
2: How'd you go? Semper Fi. Well, then they, you know, being that they were really close to everybody in, you know, D.C. and Maryland, they probably just took a short bus trip from Emory Riddle right to the base.
0: No, <laughs> you're so full of it, man.
2: Short trip. Short trip.
0: <laughs> so some stuff, I know you're working on some stuff. I know something just dropped today, and I know people won't be listening to this today but when they do listen uh what's some what's some stuff you're working on
1: well kyle you must be referencing my ransomware blog um kyle and i actually gave a talk together um, true about ransomware in september to the cta whatever right was that it kyle
0: like the viral bulletin
1: yeah yeah. intelligence
0: practitioners summit
1: yeah so Kyle's, Kyle's well read in, but um, yeah, I did a bunch of, I started looking at um, just different stuff on the dark web where victim information was being posted and aggregating it all and analyzing it for trend. And definitely some interesting stuff came up. Um, Lockbit 2.0 retooled in July and or in June. So they kind of came with the vengeance for Conti, who was the leader at the time and just kind of took off. Um, and now they have significantly more victims, ICS and others than, than Conti has. And then there's some other. I won't get too into it. And if you want to learn more, you should read my blog, Drago's website. It's public. Um, but What's the uh,
2: URL? Do you have like a like a Bitly or something, or like what do I type in to get there? Except other than just like
1: type, just Drago's type in blog. Just type
2: Google. Yes, yeah, see, that's what happens.
0: Drago's ransomware blog. <laughs> you don't even L- need
1: the ransomware part. Well, I mean, you might by the time this airs, somebody blog. else will
2: have- Should I type in uh, Anna? Oh, see, look, you're the first hit. Oh, man. Oh. Ho, ho, ho. WWW. You're rocking it. This is great. Look at that picture.
1: You guys look so professional.
2: Unbelievable. Wait, there's pictures? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pictures and stuff, man.
1: Your picture gets posted when you post a blog, Kyle.
2: Cool. Didn't know that. Kyle likes beer glasses and is a blue belt.
0: And jiu <laughs> You're looking at the wrong thing. There's a blog that just came out today
2: that she wrote.
1: Yeah, but it has my picture on it. I think he's looking at the right. Is there nice graphics? Are there pretty graphics?
2: I'm not there yet. Oh. I'm, still, I'm still on the Kyle and Anna one. He's on oh. like a virus bulletin. One, yeah.
1: I see. All right. Yeah, I'm thinking too far in the future.
2: Ransom. Hold on. 2922. Dragos ICSOT ransomware analytics. Dragos. Dr, hmm, it's like a dragon. What's it's that? like a dragon. Dragon. Not a dragon. Dragos, hold on. Let me back up. I don't want to disrespect Dragos. Dragos, it's an A. Dragos, Dragos or goes.
1: Dragos.
2: Dragos. Ghosts. Gotcha. Dragos. <laughs> Dragos. Dragos. So, so how much? How much ransomware did you have to look at to build this? This looks crazy. And how much, like. How much data do you have to look through? Like, I don't know. I feel like you have to have so many signatures to, to kind of figure this stuff out. Like, you have stuff that does that for you? Or are you trying to like splunk your way through success here? See, see those eyeballs? I know. I just don't like the question don't really. Can't talk comes about down sources to, and methods, yeah, David. See, you can't talk you about can just sources cut and cut
1: methods. <laughs> see, you
2: just cut it out. Like, okay. Not cutting it out. No, we can cut it out. So, you're always ah, number th- never mind. I'm just I don't understand how y'all do this, and then just like, well, that's it. That's the data. It's all there, guys. We had it all. It's it's on, all publicly it's available
1: if you know where to look for it.
2: I'm um, looking at the references. David doesn't know what the
0: dark web is, and don't even get him started on what Discord yeah. is. Oh my gosh! So he's, he's like my, your he's like your grandma that knows how to like check her email. Oh no, my my grandma
1: probably knows what Discord is and she's 102 so i'll uh, be waiting
2: for david's i'm never gonna course, be going. Whatever i writing. someone i get suggestions to do, join telegram i don't know what that is i thought that was old technology telegrams i thought <laughs> I that was and then they want me to like uh, uh what's the next thing i get i get uh the discords i get the twitches you sound like
1: it like a kind of like a, like. i get the discords oh
2: I get my the gosh I, they, they everything just shows up and i don't I don't want it. I don't know what it is. Slack's hard for me. And I know what that is.
1: Every day he
2: fights a battle. Fights. Oh, there's no fight. It's just basically I've given up at this point.
0: So when you're not uh, intelligent analyzing ransomware, what are some hobbies? What are some things you like to do every now and then?
1: Yeah. Keep you
0: sane, as I like to say. My hobbies keep me as. Insane, but sometimes. Let me see same.
1: if I can like scoot back far enough here. I have some giant canvases right now. I just went through and put the. Uh, they had. They, I painted them. Then I moved, and I wanted to do something different, so I painted over them, and now I'm going to redo the project. So that's that's coming up in the wings. Yeah. Like, what kind of paint?
0: Like water watercolors.
1: Acrylics. Acrylics. Generally. I mean, I I watercolor. I actually would like watercolor pens. Um, those can be a lot of fun.
0: Cool, cool pieces with those. When you say pieces, uh, like, what are you, what are you doing? Are you like, yeah, are you realism? Like, uh, I'm trying to think, like tattoo like, like realism. Or are you doing like, uh, uh you know, I don't know, impressionism? I'm not I might even going down the other routes because I don't even know. Yes, I doing.
1: am an impressionist artist. No, I, <laughs> when
0: it's done, do I know it's a flower? Or are you gonna tell me it's a flower because it, like, you know has the colors it feels of the color.
1: like a flower yeah so like- i mean i i actually i did it's funny you say flower specifically because i i do have an interest in um in botany graphics i guess you could call it or illustrations um but no i mean I, i'm not that talented of an artist so generally it's it's more of just like the idea behind it than it is the actual output so for example um in my old apartment, it was a very strong Pendleton blanket theme. I don't know if you've ever seen a Pendleton blanket. If not, I'm sure David will Google a picture for you. Um, They have a lot of triangles on them. Um, And so it was very, I matched the colors of the canvases to the colors of the Pendleton, and then I like did the Pendleton design on the canvases and then bought these lights that were very Pendleton, triangle-esque. And so now I live in this apartment that only you can see. There's no overhead lighting. I only have these like wonky like side lights. The only way to turn them on, by the way, is the light switch that you can see. So you have to walk all the way into the room in the dark before you can turn on the lights. Just like a fun, fun, fun feature. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm I'm switching up, I'm switching it up. I'm going to do more of a sort of pastel, beachy situation, more calm vibes this time around.
2: All about so calm I- vibes as a person that doesn't like change and also like I don't know hates watching something they spent hours on be destroyed how can you just paint over top of your previous painting and not just like keep it
1: ruthlessly just no I mean I don't know it's, life, is a, life is a constant state of change I would hate to be afraid of change it's really stressful
2: oh no oh <laughs> you're correct you are so <laughs>
1: No, I mean, I, I see what you're saying. I don't know. I mean, I think, I guess I have enough other projects where there is, like I still have pictures of all the paintings. I even have pictures of when I was, oh, we have a visitor. I even have pictures of all the um, paintings when I was going back through them um, and painting over them and thought it looked cool so I took pictures. So I guess for me, that's enough of a memory. Like I just have to hope the iCloud never dies. Um, and I do other physical projects that have like, for instance, there's a bunch of stuff on top of it but like I knit or like I'll paint um I'll paint when once I painted a map of the world on a fishbowl I got a thrift store and put a light in it and made like a lamp that was like a map of the world so and like stuff like that I'm not going to paint over because there's not really any point but yeah so I do I do some art stuff um I start but do not finish a lot of work-related reading I start and successfully finish a lot of non work related reading um I spend a lot of time outside I'm really into skiing both alpine and cross country um I mean obviously like everybody in my life has changed significantly over the last two years so I used to do a lot of international travel um haven't done that but looking forward to potentially starting that up again never um (laughs)
0: sorry not to Uh, happen never we're getting yeah hopefully I'm, I'm almost yeah. like not gonna get my passport and then i just heard about there was something in in brussels that like would have been cool to go to and I was like well don't have my passport so can't go to that what well, you Kyle you like not have
1: a passport period or it's just
0: not renewed. no it expire in august of 2020 right oh. so i was like and during the time I was like well i obviously know i'm not gonna travel in 2021 anywhere abroad so like i'm not in any rush and now it's like well, i should probably send my passport out yeah
1: i'm excited i mean i i think after i i i try to get around and have changes as kyle has seen my zoom background is uh is in the constant state of flux as i sort of wander around um but i i'm excited to to get back into that it was definitely a significant portion of my life through pandemic um and now you know obviously dragos is full remote so you can just go hang out somewhere for a little while and do the work and see the site We
2: have, we have weird restrictions here where they're like, well, we don't have a business presence in so many states. So if you decide to go to certain states and stay there for a certain amount of time, then we have problems. So I mean, I I'm sure know. there's some
1: kind of labor law where like you can't move to France for a year or something and not tell anybody. Right.
2: It's a
0: tax. Let's get let's cut to the chase. It's a
2: Was tax. that an olive? By the way, were you eating an olive? Uh, it was that a black. I could tell. What kind of kind olive? Of?
0: Kamala olive? <laughs> That's the only type of olives I like.
2: Kamala's. So good. Kamala. He's just looking at He's like locked in. He's like, I need to know. I need to know. We're so good.
1: It was a Kalamata olive, not uh, a Kamala olive.
0: <laughs> tomato, tomato. I never said I was good at speaking. I make up a lot of words, anyways, and just roll with it. We're a no, hell I've of a team, a little, you know that?
1: It's a little snacky, so I've got my little olive plate here. All right, all
0: right. Have
1: you guys ever heard about the olive theory? I was actually just talking to Kate about this.
0: Wait, what? <laughs> no, but I'm all ears. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm the the
1: olive guy. theory states that uh, if you're in a relationship with somebody, they cannot have the same olive preferences as you. So like a person who likes olives cannot date another person who likes olives. They have to date somebody who doesn't like olives. And the legend has it that even if you think the relationship is working out, if you both like olives, like sooner or later, it's going to fall apart.
0: I guess I can attest that that's true. Dina doesn't really like olives. I like those olives.
1: You like Kamala olives?
2: Yes, I do. I'm going to send you a jar of Kamala olives for Christmas.
0: I like them. They're good. I know. (laughs) First place I had them was in, I say, Iraq. That's where I've had them originally. They're in the, dates are oh, the first place I ever had those stupid things. Dates?
2: You'd never had a date until you had. I don't oh, think I
1: had a date until I went to Israel.
0: They're so good over there. They roll like a coconut. Oh man,
2: I, I didn't have a date until college.
0: <laughs> yeah. Ah, but
2: a surprise. ding surprise. <laughs> Just like your routine <laughs> <Klein. for Yeah>. plan. <laughs> We're gonna learn a lot about Australia this year. I can tell yeah we, we maybe have,
1: that's where i'll go
0: i that's the only reason for me to get my passport is it, like potentially go to our offices in australia
2: Dude, i don't think anybody wants to go there they don't they're they're really strict right now
1: no, it's no, really they, hard like, they dropped everything i thought like they, they were like yeah that's why that's why uh one of our co-workers down there said that they were to quote bay blading the shit out of COVID because they had had these restrictions for so long and they lifted everything
2: bayblading the shit out of everything
1: out of covid
2: what does that mean
1: yeah i'm still you know myself a little unclear, but both my boyfriend and my friend thought it was the funniest thing that had ever been said um <laughs> <laughs> so i guess i thought maybe it would resonate with this audience but but the blank looks of so confusion i'm getting are not Bayblading
2: the within
0: people. within within like two meetings of meeting our colleagues down in Australia the ones on our team specifically I learned a new word fortnightly because I was like all right well, well let's do this like bi-weekly if you want to do it by monthly, weekend he's like I don't know what that means he's like is that fortnightly I was like I don't know what that means he's like well <laughs> it's I think fortnightly
1: in- like bi-weekly where you're not sure if it's twice a week or every other week
0: correct so fortnightly says means every other week which what we call bi-weekly. At least Maybe. what I call bi-weekly.
1: Yeah, but it, could you also use... for This is super interesting, I'm sure, for people who listen to it. Could you also say fortnightly if you were referring to meeting twice a week, which you could also use the term bi-weekly for?
0: Mm, I don't know. We'll have to bring in Josh and Connor for this one.
1: Yeah, well, That was a lot of words,
2: and I don't think I understood them. It was
0: English.
1: Huh. I gotta Beyblade bay- that shit
2: my so my kids were into Beyblade for a little bit does it mean the same thing is it is it the little spinner th- like the spinner toys mm-hmm. spinning spin uh i'm Spend
1: gonna spin the I'm
0: shit gonna, out of covid
2: gonna we're marinate there. on that one maybe it means something different in australia
1: all i know is that our colleague michael who has now come up a surprising amount of times on this podcast laughed about it for an entire day my and life. then later went back and messaged our Australian colleague who had made the comment and like complimented him on it because he thought it was really funny and then my boyfriend is also a nerd so I just mentioned it to him and he laughed for like 20 minutes so I'm getting
2: too old man I think that's where I think I think I'm getting there I think this is this might be the talk where I realize it's over I'm I'm at the top and it's <laughs> that's all
1: sad. down. I mean really you were at the top like If you're 38 now, you're at the
0: top, like, you know, 12 years ago. Oh, yeah. You've already peaked, man. Brutal. (laughs) You peaked. So one thing, one thing you did mention that, you know, you're recording right now and I love them, but I'd like to hear your perspective on this. So, I mean, I know you love the Olympics, right? Olympics are happening right now, but have you found that the advertising of the Olympics has been limited before? I feel like it was like spammed everywhere, and you like were hearing about it. Like if you were traveling out west to South Dakota for wall Drug, you saw it like every quarter mile, right? Like you just saw it all the time. <laughs> I know
1: that reference.
0: Thank um, you. Someone else in this will listen. Like I, I felt like I haven't seen anything about it now. Obviously, if you like, probably watch NBC a lot and all that other stuff. Maybe you got some commercials, but I've seen zero on Facebook zero on instagram zero on twitter like
1: yeah i mean i think well i think also it used to be well first of all i mean there's some interesting political tensions between the u.s and china we did do a diplomatic boycott of this event so um but obviously nbc is still making a bucket of money off of it presumably but i also think our knowledge of the olympics pre-pandemic was more recollected knowledge right the olympics were something that you like went and watched with other people or like you talked about like oh did you see that mad Sean White performance like I remember seeing Sean White snowboard at the Olympics for the first time being like with a group of people like it was a social okay. thing and so I think maybe the advert there's the same amount of advertising there's just less communal conversation about it because we are still relatively isolated um but if you were not to go back to the internet cats but if you are watching the Olympics, there is an ad and you can find it on YouTube at any time. Uh, the first Olympics or the, I, guess I shouldn't say the first Olympics, the first pandemic Olympics the Tokyo 2020 Olympics, which happened seven months ago, introduced a Chevy commercial featuring Walter the cat um, and they updated it for the winter Olympics to be a winter ad. And I've probably watched it 27 times. So if you're looking for any comedic cat truck ad relief in your life i would highly recommend it
0: well i'll get the link for you and put those in the show notes so that everybody can appreciate
1: yeah please do i'd like i like everybody to see walter
0: so what is your favorite thing in the Olympics? i've missed some of them i'm hoping to catch some of the skiing and you know you gotta record
1: that shit i'm tivoing right now well not i'm not tivoing. i'm not Mm -hmm. but i'm recording it right now
0: but i mean Um i love uh, though i love like alpine skiing like as a hobby and just watching it my favorite event and it was after like the last time the olympic women's one is the cross country
1: yeah oh I, it's, I,
0: it's exhilarating to watch that shit i don't know, i just get pumped up watching that shit so like i need to I mean, like even the me.
1: biathlon's funny because they're cross-country skiing and then they get on their bellies and shoot targets like well yeah that's <laughs> uh,
0: and then they get like disc, you know added time on if they miss the target and stuff
1: yeah oh, extra so laps
0: it's so, yeah, cool.
1: I'm. I mean, I love the Olympics. I think one of the reasons I love the Olympics is because I will be in situations where, like, one of the women um, who's competing in moguls is my optometrist's daughter, or like, it'll be. We have you know, coming from a community that's huge into competitive winter sports, like, Michaela Schifrin is actually from the same town that I grew up in, nice. so. It, it's very much like for us it's like a community thing like well we had athletes in the summer olympics athletes in the winter olympics it's like everyone talks about it, everyone knows about it um because it's the people that you grew up with and the people that you know so i think that makes it fun i think it's also fun just to like hit the best of the best in the world together right now it's obviously super interesting because like people are getting disqualified during the games because they test positive for covid um, which is skewing the results a little bit but yeah, I mean it's just super interesting. I love winter sports. I record it every night. NBC from six to ten. MST, um, and then if I don't want to watch all of it, I'll like watch the rest of it the next day. So uh, yeah, it's a, it's a cool event, and I think it's also really interesting because of all the political and cyber tensions around it. I mean, obviously you had like 2018 Pyeongchang like active cyber attack against the Olympic yeah. ceremonies, but even now, I mean the discussions of you know, is Putin isn't Putin because does Putin want to keep, you know, President Xi Jinping happy by not interrupting his Olympics, or is he gonna screw that relationship and you know go for it anyway in Ukraine and, and draw attention, news attention away from the Olympics? Like it's it does really have a huge international bearing, which I think is can be overlooked. I mean, yeah,
0: I agree. And it's it and I, I feel like that's like you said, that's probably why maybe we're not seeing as many advertising advertisements for it but i definitely need to like get on the schedules and make sure i don't like look at the results and then see it later
2: i feel like that's like you're hitting the other half of it is that it's it's yet another olympics on the opposite side of the world from us and so you know you're either staying up late you're either catching it on a stream somewhere maybe you have it recorded uh like anna does or you're just trying to avoid spoilers through twitter and your social media pages all day And it was hard. I remember I I, I'm not on Facebook anymore, but I remember being on Facebook for one of the Olympics and I would log on and they would just pop all that shit into my newsfeed. And like, I'm trying to avoid the spoilers so that I can watch it later that night. I didn't have Peacock. I didn't have like any of the streaming services where I could like buffer that out and, and just watch it later. So you're, you're hopeful to make it to like primetime TV that night. And you're just, you're just getting slammed. Just it's, you you can't find out the gymnastics score somehow right you're just you're just really trying hard and it's impossible and now i think i i almost feel like the it's it's weird because it's it's so much different because no one it's not that no one cares right it's this it seems so uh deprioritized it's
1: for some less, reason right the suspense is less like i right. i get what you're saying interestingly i don't i haven't across that with the olympics but i definitely know what you mean i'm pretty i i'm want to say that i'm want with an o not with an a to say that i'm like a big f1 fan but i i watch every race i follow the drivers controversies so whatever whatever and on race days i will record it because sometimes it's at four in the morning or whatever and then i will not go on the internet because uh-huh. like immediately they're going to be spoilers and so if i'm going skiing that day or hiking or backpacking or whatever like I sometimes can't or look at my phone until like, right. until like nine that night when I finally have a chance to to watch the race. So maybe this is this podcast is a broader commentary on how social media splits have ruined our live sports experience. Oh, it
2: stinks, right? Because it just gets retweeted in your timeline. Like I, I I scrolled news like religiously all day. It just I'm just hit refresh button to see like what the what the top stuff is. All of a sudden. And that that will inherently pop up. It's gonna be it's gonna be sports. Like there's just a gigantic section of my news feed that is just sports, and I can't avoid. I I saw that you know a bunch of people got or someone got disqualified in figure skating for or no potentially don't spoil for, it for me. For, right. Sorry. Well, this was yesterday, <laughs> right? So this is maybe yesterday's news. I don't I don't know based on the timeline, but like i don't know some dude threw a i don't know whatever it's it just stinks it's things oh, i wish that. everything was that on was... my timeline right i'm a very spoiled second child and i want things on my timeline <laughs> not anybody else's i want to talk about
0: though the big air how yes. it's right outside oh what's a
2: big air can someone explain it? i know hockey and curling those are my two I'm so good, big
0: I'm air there. jump is like that
2: face Was you don't
1: Sorry, okay, that was that's probably one of my more judgmental bases. Hey,
2: get the fuck out of here. That's what that
1: <laughs> I mean, seriously though, like you can watch hockey all the time. Like big air is rarely on television. You have to go to X games or World Cups. Yeah,
2: I don't know what that is.
1: So Big Air, as Kyle was about to say, is when the Olympic athletes launch themselves mm-hmm. off of a jump at high rates of speed and do combinations of grabs, spins, and flips to uh and land them ideally in uh to to score points so and it's very much that's like another sport that's really fun for me to watch because I knew people who did it growing up so I know foreign works and stuff like that although I probably would do a terrible job of explaining it if I asked um but yeah the the it was a really interesting big air result I mean I I they I also thought it was really interesting Eileen Gu for the women is and she's born in the US but she's her mom is from China and she's representing China in the Olympics. And apparently she's 18 now she made this decision when she was like 15. So she got a ton of coverage. It's not a spoiler because I'm going to spoil it. I don't know. I guess it's a spoiler but she wins. And it was wild. It was crazy figures just like lit like it's just so much fun to watch and everybody gets so excited and they're like screaming and hugging each other and running around. Is but, it but, but, but,
0: more, but more importantly like that's the cool part like the winning but where it was located is where i was yeah, at,
1: the, at the old steel plant
0: thing. they call it a steel plant they had nuclear, nuclear
1: co- reactors
0: yeah so you in the background david see like you think this huge jump and in the background there's like nuclear reactor like steam uh steam know,
2: towers steam towers yeah i'm, I'm trying to google pictures of it holy crap look at that
0: I mean, it's not like it's interesting, right? It seems super industrial. It, it feels very um. What was the theme of our disc this here? What's that word? Steampunk. Oh,
1: cyberpunk. cyberpunk, cyberpunk.
0: But it like it, it feels, it looks very steampunky. Like I mean, that's what I would. That's when I look at it, I'm like, oh, that's
2: interesting. This is like fake snow, though, right? Because there's yes. I'm yes. At the oh my background. god!
1: Huge Olympic controversy. There's no real snow being used in this Olympics. Is it's that true? Because I,
2: I can see in the background with this one picture that like there's the steam towers, then there's a hillside in the background, and it's it's green like I, can, I don't see any white on that back so this is fake snow it's yeah. all
1: fake snow and that's been a huge point of controversy because they also didn't let the athletes practice on the fake snow ahead of ahead of time so like akela schifrin's disqualified her she skied out twice which is like devastating so the others
0: the-, the u.s women in her like yeah nastiest thing i've ever seen
1: yeah so yeah the fake snow and and we'll like show big shots of the of the mountain and you can see it's just like it looks like veil in like opening days for just like the, the we call it the white strip of death but it's just a
0: <laughs> one a <white> run <laughs> one run of fake snow pumped out mm-hmm. with a bunch of chemicals to keep it like so it doesn't
2: melt
1: mm-hmm. yeah <laughs>
2: Has anybody said any of the Olympic athletes said that they do not like the Chinese fake snow? Probably not publicly I
1: there. So. I mean, yeah, I don't think it'd probably be unwise to do it while you were there. But but I think, I mean, have you Googled it yet, David?
2: No, I was just I'm looking at these like sweet pictures of the background, and it's just like it's super cool to look at, like somewhat like a like a a, a ski jumper, like silhouetted across like old school like industrial vibe thing and not seeing any snow it's so weird future man yeah it's, so, is it
1: is it, it is so what they built for that one more fun olympic fact from your podcast guest olympic nerd um they that's actually a permanent structure so a lot of structures that they build for the olympics are not permanent generally but they are leaving that big airdrop there, there is so nice. Next
0: gonna, to the steam Tower. They I mean, they, didn't they leave a lot of like the Summer Olympics from Beijing mm-hmm. in 2008, and they just like rotted away? like the, the like they're still there. It's like ab- like that abandoned stuff you could go see if you decide to go to China. Like the, the, well, the they call it the Bird's Nest, it. like the the stadium, or whatever.
1: The the um, the ice cube. It was the the water cube or something, and now it's the ice cube. Like they had all these pools in there, and then they retrofitted it to be all for all the ice sports. So huh. they reused that one. Beijing is the first city to host both a summer and winter Olympics.
0: Sorry. That's true. I'll stop what's, the, what's, what's the next winter Olympics? I know you know, that's why I'm asking.
1: I actually don't know. Oh. I'm sure I know, but oh
2: I'm... no, I think it's I think it's uh oh, I used to know this answer. Oh well,
0: isn't it like London or something? Oh, mm.
1: uh, that would be weird. I that... think
2: it stays over on that side of the world for a little bit.
1: So it would be 2026
0: uh yes uh
1: milano
0: italy nice that'll be some real snow
1: maybe we can go kyle
0: we can go hang out I'm a, I, I, <laughs> listen i've always wanted to ski the alps i've that's like on my that i don't have many bucket list things but skiing the alps is one of them and i hear you don't go to switzerland you go to austria because it's cheaper and you get the same right. stuff
1: I uh, actually lived in Austria when I was a teenager. I decided that I was going to get a job and move there. Um, and so I lived in the basement of the hotel that I worked at. And I worked in the hotel restaurant. I'm sorry, um, what?
2: You, you did what? You lived in the basement?
1: Yeah. Did they yeah, have it proper
2: like, quarters or did you just No, it like- was
1: like rooms, like, you know.
2: <laughs> <That is. laughs> like like, like pantries yeah probably and like the laundry rooms What? what like,
1: I mean that's like that's not uncommon it's in in Austria to have or to provide your employees housing essentially but sometimes that's just happens to be in the basement but no yeah kidding. no kidding well um, yeah so I worry it was so but I've never so I've spent a lot of time in Austria I also studied um, military history in Austria for a little while um, and <laughs> no and i've never skied there like i spent probably over a year of my life there and i've never skied there
0: well well we should do a Drago's trip once they build out europe a little bit and i think we need to start doing ski trips next year like i've been talking about that i know it was a defunct defunct on this year but i think Can i
1: might like, come hang out with you when you're over here yeah but, uh, well, i mean i just feel bad because like michael like, anyway this is like <laughs>
0: yeah i mean you guys
1: scheduled your trips at the same time
0: well yeah i didn't realize when uh michael was going and i was like come to aspen for a day and he's like well i'm like just come to aspen i'll ski with you for a day Won't we'll leave you behind plus <laughs> it's the powder day and there's no friends on powder
2: days
1: no friends on powder days
2: what uh, was it like saturday did you say saturdays no no
1: powder days
0: it snows a lot you don't have friends Cause you just leave people. you just like, I'll see you later. I'll see you at lunch. I'll see you at four o'clock. Oh,
1: <laughs> it's ruthless Bye, out there, man.
0: Bye, friends. Got through right. <laughs> for, for us, for east coasters, For the east coasters that don't get a lot of powder,
2: I heard it's nice. I don't ski. Yeah, you don't do anything. I skied once. I skied last year, two years ago. I don't
1: think it'd be fun, honestly. Like, I I was thinking about this late recently. Like, I started skiing when I was two, so like, skiing for me is like. Yeah it's as natural as like walking but if I was an adult now trying to learn how to ski I think I would be so frustrated like
0: it took took me a while to relearn like I skied a little bit when I was like you know my teens early 20s and then pick up again until I was 34 and it was like ski the local resort as much as I could that year so that I learned how to ski and then the following year I was like ski the local resort and be like fuck it I'm going to Aspen (laughs) And it was like go big or go home and then like it
1: <laughs> yeah
0: and the following it year was like ski locals do aspen and go back country and that was like what did i decide to do yeah
1: yeah i've, I've only skied actually i only skied snowmass once so it would be a new experience for me
0: too oh uh, well i only ski highlands because no one else skis highlands because it's touted as like an expert mountain so no one skis it like that comes out there except for locals so it's like me and a bunch of locals skiing the whole mountain I've gotten there at 10 a.m. an hour after rope drop and had my first, like nearly first tracks all the way down because like no one goes to it. everybody goes to snow mass, which uh, I've, I've even adopted the name as everybody calls it lift mass because you just ride lifts all day.
1: <laughs> well, you know, when I was growing up, obviously we were competitors with the teams in neighboring counties for all sports. And when I was my brief, 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 brief cross country running spin, it was a common uh, high school taunt to say hey aspen where's your aspen we all <laughs> thought we were really clever
0: my buddy just sent me this south park one where like they go like the aspen and so th- and like butters is like oh it stinks here and that <laughs> and Cartman's like well that's why they call it ass pen <laughs> <laughs> it was funny i was like
1: i, I was like it was funny, funny. i promise you. it, it was doesn't
0: funny. stink there but it people think that- people don't like Aspen because it like, I don't know my perception of what people think of Aspen is bougie. So people don't go and maybe, and as you know, the, it maybe is basic. bougie
1: people like, I don't, well, I don't yeah, I'm not,
0: not, not doubting that trying to find places, prices that were reasonable for a couple of days was astronomically more expensive than I've ever seen it. And, but that's the thing is like, you go ski there and no one else is skiing because it's so far West that everybody goes to like, Breckenridge and stands and lift lines all day. And I do like 10 runs on like a big mountain by myself because there's no lift lines, you know.
1: I'm kind of over skiing by myself, honestly. Well, we I used I'm to
0: on, have one day maybe.
1: <laughs> we used to have um, growing up, we had every Friday out to ski. Um, it was still through school, but it was like there'd be parent volunteers and you'd then go with your little group and ski um and then when I was in high in high school and in college I skied a lot by myself because I was like I have limited time and I'm gonna get up there and like tread as much as I can and then go to school or whatever like we had late starts on Wednesdays so I'd always ski on Wednesday mornings um and now I it's like a thing for me for like the people that I like for for example my boyfriend like I don't think I could date somebody who didn't ski like because it's like such a huge part of my life and and now I've converted him to to cross-country skiing as well so it yeah to me it really makes a difference I mean when you ski by yourself you can get a lot done but you will also it's not fun for me anymore it's the same with traveling right like I traveled a lot when I was in high school I was living in Austria and now I've found that I enjoy the experience more when you know the freedom of traveling by yourself is awesome but I enjoy the experience more when I get to share it with other people
2: and you're not living in a basement (laughs)
1: Hey, I like, no, I, I was, <laughs> no, about I that. it was pretty brutal, honestly, for, for a little while, um, the expectation was never that I was there to learn German, but they thought that it was. So for a while, nobody would speak to me in English, like, even though they all were fluent. So I remember I would watch episodes of Psych, the TV show every, every night after my shift as a guilty pleasure, because I wanted to hear people speaking English. Oh, like, natively.
2: that's sad.
0: Did they eventually yeah. speak English to you or no?
1: Eventually, but there was some, it was, it was, they would, it was a freaking journey. So we had like very professional uniforms and we would go out and I had to go out because I didn't speak German. I couldn't wait on tables or anything. So I basically just did all the jobs that nobody else wanted to do. So like I would go out at 6am every morning. Usually it's raining because it's Austria in my full uniform with my giant apron. And I would pick wildflowers on the mountain, like. I would just hike around the mountain in a full uniform and pick wildflowers, and then I would come inside, and I only had one other uniform, so I, I'd run downstairs to my basement really quickly, switch out, put my put my wet clothes, they're soaking wet, on the heater to dry out so I can use them the next day, put on my uniform and go back upstairs, um, and they had, they had like a list where if you broke a plate or something, you had to like put your name on the list. And another one of the things that I did, because it was like the groundwork, was I would either actually man the dishwasher in, once again, my full formal uniform, or I would like polish glasses. And so naturally, I broke a bunch of shit, and then my name was all oh, over. You know oh what I'd God, do?
2: Man. I'd write on someone else's name, the person yep. that I didn't like the most. I'd be <laughs> like, yeah, old, uh, what's his face? Lars over there. He broke the other one. <laughs> yeah. Fucking Lars, man. All he does is he comes in here, and he just breaks digits.
1: I remember like I went to the to the ba- to the other part of the basement and like and grabbed some of the shards. I still have them of like plates that I had broken. I had this beautiful design because I felt so bad. They were so beautiful. And I still I think I still have them around somewhere. Then I got written up because the grandmother of the owner of the hotel would randomly go do like room checks and she found that I had like also I had like some medium-sized pieces of candle that I had acquired from the other part of the basement. Um, <laughs> and so I got written up by this grandma lady for having these candles in my basement room.
0: <laughs> yeah, written up. This is insane. This is like college before college,
1: and I, I mean, there were real, like, genuine adults working there. If you had awesome to rate
2: of this time of, of your life on a scale of one to 10, where would you put it?
1: God, like a three. I mean, honestly, <laughs> it was a terrible time. <laughs> I remember, like, there's a time when they switched the Wi Fi password and didn't tell me. And i didn't have cell service and so i couldn't i couldn't talk to any anyone in the u.s um but uh, but for that like brutal time period in my life like obviously like a lot of came out of it like i got experience traveling I like i remember one weekend um i knew one other person there and from the u.s and he and i um went to visit one of the another like austrian town on our like two days off and i met this group of British people and they were awesome and I was like and they the next we, so we went out with them and the next day they were like hey like we're not staying we're going to Slovenia do you want to come and so I called my boss and was like hey can I have an extra day off and she's like sure and so I rode with them the train to Slovenia uh right over the border um but my, my train pass was only for Austria so when they came to do the luggage or like the, the train pass checks I had to like try to like subvert that because so they wouldn't see that i was on a train in slovenia with an austria-only train path yeah it was an interesting time in my life
2: well i thought you were asking if they like they would take you away from austria forever like it was no it was honestly, i
1: did go out and meet them again in italy later we're but. coming
2: to break you out do you want to come with us <laughs> You're like yeah i do
1: I mean, it was, I mean, it's just such a different work culture there, right? Like I remember I was setting the tables for the dinner service and I had taken, it was like, you know, it's like 18 pieces of silverware or whatever. And I had taken a picture of it, of a completed one. So I knew what to reference. And they came in and just started like yelling at me for using my phone. And I was like, but it's, I don't, I can I have. I don't. It's just that, but, uh, but yeah, That's I, <laughs> I, mean. I love nothing but love for Austria. Um, and looking forward to going back and spending more time there someday.
2: Yes, that's right. <laughs> Just be <feed> the nar.
1: <laughs> Tread the gnar. Try yeah, the gnar. I did. I mean, every time I go back, I still have people there that, you know, I'm in touch with and they come here and I see them and I go over there or used to go over there and see them. So um for all the unpleasantness, it was definitely I definitely view back on it. <laughs> Eleanor.
2: <laughs> My guys.
1: Did you see, did you hear her meow her response? I will see you when you dinner time. Cool. <laughs> um, <meow?
0: laughs> she's like meow, she's like, meow. <laughs> meow. I, I yeah right
2: now i would have fed right meow
1: yeah right now um yeah and it definitely i'm glad i did it but it was brutal at the time it's one yeah. of those experiences
2: i'm sure is, <laughs> you're just is,
1: is, running out
2: yeah that said. cat is pissed <laughs> i sleep we're open tonight look yeah. at that tail go back there. that guy's like come on come, come at me let's go
1: yeah she has a lot of personalities you know mean? <laughs> thank you uh,
0: huh. yeah. so we're at that uh golden uh, time period where i think it's like a solid podcast and but uh in in sort of closing and uh how how do you want people to get a hold of you if they want to if you want them to get a hold of you just to perform <laughs> OSINT you. and figure it out themselves
1: no I'll just make it easy for everybody you can find me on Twitter my handle is Skeletor Skeleton. um just Skeletor like the Skeletor you know villain and then Skeleton, which is my <laughs> last name and spelled exactly how it sounds um but yeah I mean feel free to reach out if you have questions about ICS threat intel the terror cat has returned you can see her
2: jumping like 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 we're we're not gonna post videos of this but like this cat is is like uh he's pissed it's pissed
0: he's like you uh changed the times up and you didn't tell me
2: it just Uh, like showed up in the back of the room to over by those paintings she was talking about earlier and just like smacked the shit out of one of them i'm i I think it's just Oh oh, look at that oh my gosh jumping
1: what is
0: gymnastics going on in here
1: is that,
2: <laughs> is that catnip is your cat high
1: no that is that's just uh, tissue paper she's just a loon
2: don't do drugs uh, kid. Uh, <laughs>
1: well
0: tissue paper uh you know we'll i'll add all those things in the show notes anyways but uh it's it's been a pleasure having you on as the first uh podcast of the year and uh thank you again anna aka skelly appreciate your time and uh Hey, thank back, you. Yeah. To bring, to bring back what we always used to do when we had podcasts, uh with empty glasses, uh stay thirsty, everybody. Oh. Cheers.